I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Help Desk, a daily tech news podcast for the rest of us. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. We've got three stories today, two on Facebook, one on Apple and the Apple event. Of course, it was the big event. There's not much news that comes out on the day that Apple announces its new iPhone because everyone knows that they're going to be overshadowed. So it's always traditionally a slow news day for all the other companies, but there's more than enough to talk about uh, from Apple's announcement, don't you think, Tess? That's right. There was just a ton of phones, different models, sizes, colors, tons to tons of consumer choice there. When we were doing the rehearsal shows a couple of weeks ago, you said that you were kind of coming to the end of your contract and you were at that prime time to upgrade. Uh, did anything catch your eye? Is, is there one of the devices that uh, you really liked the, the look of? I thought the mini was particularly interesting. Just going back to that smaller form factor from a few iterations of iPhone ago. For me, not sure if I'll be upgrading at this point or holding on to my handset for another 12 months to, to see what improves. But two of the problems or consumer pain points that I thought Apple did a good job of addressing is cracking your screen and battery life. When they released the ceramic Apple Watch a couple of years ago, people thought that that was a lot of uh, research and development money to be spent on what was a fairly low volume product. This is clearly where that that was heading. Uh, So the new ceramic glass is supposedly uh, four times stronger or four times more resistant to cracking if you drop it. And I wonder how many little iPhones were sacrificed to to make those stats. For me, the one that I, I really love the look of is that uh, iPhone mini. I've been wanting one of those for years. And I, and I, this was the device I really hoped the iPhone SE would be when it came out. Um, but I didn't think it would make uh, economic sense because I, I understand the entire market wants phones the size of surfboards and, and that's where everyone goes and that's what everyone spends their money on. But for me, I've got tiny little hands. It's an audio podcast, so you can't see them, but I've got tiny little hands and I, and I hated having to reach all the way to the top of a screen on the iPhone. So I'm glad to see a tiny little one coming The nice thing about the iPhone 12 and the mini is they are basically the same phone. They've just got, uh, so exact same internals. It's just, you're choosing what size you prefer. So normally when I'm shopping for an iPhone, uh, my criteria, I go into my telco and I ask for the newest, cheapest model, please. Uh, But if you are not picking on price or price is just one factor, why would you go for the 12 Pro versus the 12 Max at, at that upper end of the pay scale. There are two models of the 12 Pro and what you're getting there, basically, apart from the slightly nicer design, which I think is more just of a status thing so that you can walk around and people can see you've got the expensive one. But apart from that, um, you're getting uh, Dolby Dolby HDR video recording at 10 bit, which is just insane. That is the kind of specs that they're talking about in terms of video. You don't often see in really high-end $5,000 mirrorless cameras. So that would be the reason to go higher. You also get a much better uh, still camera lens and still camera sensor that is capable of getting 80% more light into the sensor, which will just mean way better low-light photos as well. So yeah, it's all about photography if you step up to the the higher price points. And, And also Apple know that people do love gigantic phones. So people are going to be 
persuaded anyway to head that way. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to getting uh, fancier images in my Instagram and uh, higher quality TikToks. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. What about the HomePod Mini? Did that catch a eye at all? Not really. For me, it was kind of lost in the in waiting through the the phone announcement. I guess yes, a speaker not in the market for a speaker at the moment. Yeah, I mean it looks pretty and and they always do great sound, but uh, I it's not it doesn't include Spotify because of course Apple and Spotify are still uh, not besties, and so that really limits it for for myself and I think for a lot of other people out there. The only other thing worth mentioning, I would say, just because we need to wrap up, is how it works with five G in Australia. The phone will f- support five G for both Telstra and Vodafone customers. Optus was not shown on their big slide at the end of the presentation. So I'm not sure what's going on there because obviously Optus does have a 5G network. One thing we will be missing out on is what they call MM Wave, which is a an even faster version of 5G that is only supported by the Verizon model of the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro. So we're not gonna be seeing that out here. But what I found really interesting, Tess, is the way they they talked so much about 5G as if it was going to be the great, greatest thing ever. There was this guy from Verizon on stage for 20 minutes talking about how 5G was going to revolutionize everything. And then after that, it flipped to an, uh, an Apple executive who was saying, well, you know, and, and the great thing about our 5G implementation is it's always almost off because we know 5G will just burn through your battery. And so, you know, you'll only ever flip to 5G A, if you're in an area that supports it, which is there's not a huge amount of coverage of 5G. And B, if you're doing a really data-intensive task like watching 4K Netflix or or playing a video game, so it was like, okay, cool, uh, we get 5G. We're just it's just always off by default. That seems a bit weird. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. Apple's got to walk this line of having a 5G ready device, but then the performance of 5G is going to depend on the telco, uh, and that's going to vary from region to region around the world. So there's some nuance there between the US market and the Australian market. But uh, for Australia, 5G on the LTE bands uh, are already pretty fast. So they, they will, with they, even without that MM wave, they will achieve some, some you know, significantly faster speeds. For users, but I wasn't aware of the battery drain issue. So that that's an interesting one, and and clever that the phone switches back between modes to conserve battery. Yeah, I mean that's why Apple was one of the last to the party with five G because they they always kind of put that usability factor first. And moving on from Apple to another tech giant, Facebook, which has had a few announcements in a similar vein uh, recently. But today they've said they're going to ban ads, which discourage people from getting vaccinated. So not just ads that contain false or misleading information about vaccine. It follows other recent changes to its content policy, including banning QAnon groups and Holocaust deniers. So Facebook's traditionally been pretty slow to make these changes. Their preference is sort of leave it up and stick a warning label on it a lot of the time. But Pete, do you think this means Facebook is is growing up? I don't know what to make of it because yeah, they've been it's been like a week of of announcements and backtracks from Facebook about these kind of things. I mean, it, it is the absolute least they can do to ban, you know, anti-vaxxers and Holocaust deniers and QAnon. But at least, I mean, it's a start. Yeah, and um, the other, I guess, nuance in this announcement is it, uh, or today's in particular, is it's referring to ads, not those organic 
community uh, posts around vaccines and that discussion is still going to be allowed in sort of some form. And the ad policies do tend to be stricter than community standards and that's because I guess Facebook doesn't necessarily want to be seen to be making money off this, off particular areas. You know, to me it brings up the question of I don't really think the problem with uh, anti-vaxxers is necessarily in the ads, you know, good to good to not allow ads because those ads do have that capability to be highly targeted. So you might be getting someone right on the sort of edge of having doubts one way or the other about you know getting a COVID nineteen vaccine or not. Mm. So it's it's good that someone can't put money behind that. Absolutely. So they'll be banning ads, but your crazy uncle will still be able to say whatever he wants, and he'll be able to join any Facebook group that is anti-vax. But staying with Facebook, uh, they've redesigned the Messenger app. This is, first of all, it just shows how little news there is on on the day that iPhones launch. But I just thought it was worthwhile looking at uh, because, first of all, it's just, I think it's quite ugly. But at the same time, it's very similar to the Facebook Kids app that I, I use with my daughter. So yeah, it's it's weird that they they've decided that, that is their new look. Uh, do you like the look? Do, have you received the update yet, Tess? I haven't. So some of the new features didn't overall strike me as particularly innovative. But I did actually discover some of the filters on a recent. A group chat with uh, sort of eight or so of my friends around the world in these COVID times. I may have lost interest momentarily and uh, scrolled through <laughs> to discover some of those features. It was sort of, you know, two, two minutes of distraction and entertainment. Probably the most prominent thing that people will notice when the rollout uh, comes through is that the logo is going to change. Uh, the messenger logo is going to start looking a lot more like Instagram uh, in terms of the coloring there. So I thought that was interesting if it's an effort on Facebook's part to link Messenger and Instagram as sort of these two connected entities and, and you know, reinforce to people that these two things go together. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's absolutely right. First of all, that Instagram has a lot more brand love out there, I would say, than Facebook these days. And, and also it just, it helps their argument that they're just too big to be split up. If they start putting Instagram DMs into your Facebook Messenger, then then how can they be torn apart? They're all part of the same weird little uh, group. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see WhatsApp starting to merge within them as well. Yeah, uh, not a fan of that. I, I particularly use WhatsApp to do different things than Messenger and Instagram messaging there as well. That that's That's a different feature for me. So it'll be interesting to see what that actually looks like when it rolls out. Mm, absolutely. Well, that's all the news we have for for you today. I am so full of caffeine from getting up at 4am. I need to chill out. Um, but thank you once again, Tess, for joining me. Thanks for having me. And thank you to Lauren Watson for designing the artwork. Thank you for James Smith for all of his audio help getting this episode out the door. And thanks to Catherine and her advice to channel my inner opinionated white man. <laughs> that is very useful advice. Thanks, Kath. Uh, we will speak to you guys tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye. See ya. See ya.